Welcome. Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. Uh, happy Tuesday to you and yours. Uh, we're getting into the week. As you can tell, perhaps I'm sitting in a different spot. My tone is a little bit different. This show, today's show, is going to be a struggle for me. Uh, this issue that has rocked Nashville and rocked the nation um, has shaken me. And, and for a variety of reasons that uh, I'll get into uh, today and hopefully we'll be joined by some, uh, some people that will help me get through the show. Delano Squires will be here. Uh, I believe Sarah Gonzalez of the Blaze will be here. I'm not sure, D did we confirm? Help me out here, guys. Did we confirm with Glenn Beck? Is Glenn Beck coming on? I I'm, I'm hoping we're gonna have, oh, Glenn's not gonna be here. So Delano and, and Sarah Gonzalez will be here to help me uh, talk about this issue. Delano, obviously a fearless soldier that will be smart on this topic. Sarah Gonzalez out in Dallas on the front lines of, of this issue. She's been involved in this part of the culture war uh, ten toes down, feet in the ground, confronting people at drag shows. And as, as you guys know, uh, a person who identifies themselves as transgender uh, shot up a Christian school and here in Nashville, in Green Hills, in an area where I go to the shopping mall, I go to movies at, Green Hills, 15 minutes probably from where I live. Covenant School is for K through, I believe, sixth graders, small little school on church property, 200 students, and a person by the name of Audrey Hale, who I believe changed their name to Aiden, used the pronouns he, him, uh, went into the school and shot three nine-year-olds and killed three nine-year-olds plus three adults, uh, killed the headmaster of the school, lovely woman, uh, and, and, and three kids. And, and uh, we were going to talk about some sports stuff or whatever, but just the more I th we were going to talk about this, obviously, and bring on Steve Kim and Jason Brown and talk about some sports stuff, but I didn't want to clutter the show up. This topic is too serious, it's too close to me um, not to address it in full and, and just leave it alone. And so this will be our only topic. I hope that I can have this discussion without getting uh, super emotional. I'll tell you, as I thought about it last night, as I thought about it this morning, I was very emotional. Anybody that, <clears throat> If you understand anything about me, the, the only thing that really, really gets me are kids. In terms of like when bad things happen to kids, I get upset. When, when, when grown people die, adults particularly, if you've lived a full life, it, it, it's, it's just not, it's not that I don't care, but I just don't get all that emotional about older people that die. They had a shot. They got to do life. They, they, and they got to do it here in America. 
with all this freedom and opportunity. And so I, I don't tend to, sh you know, shed a lot of tears or get all that emotional, regardless of how close I am to an older person that dies. Many of them have wonderful relationships or explored relationships with Jesus Christ and saw Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior. And I believe authentically that they've gone on to a better place. But when, when, when young people pass, and particularly when children pass, and they haven't had a chance to experience all that life has to offer, it, 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 it really, really bothers me. And so the whole mission of Fearless is, is really about trying to produce, take America back to a place where kids can experience what I experienced in my childhood. And, and that's despite being poor. I had an awesome childhood. I, I just, all I remember are the good times. I, 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 all I remember is just thinking about America and that I could accomplish whatever I wanted in America. And that I felt safe relatively. And again, that's despite being poor and that's despite, you know, living in some areas that wouldn't meet a lot of people's definition of safe, but I always felt safe and protected and secure. And, and it feels like we're denying that uh, to this new generation of young people. And, and it upsets me. And so when I, when I think about why I left California and Los Angeles in 2020, and, and chose to come here, to move here to Nashville. A lot of people thought I was crazy. A lot of people were like, oh, you don't have to do that. You can do the outkick thing and do it from California. But I wanted to get out of California. And I wanted to get out of what I thought was an area of the country that didn't reflect virtually any of my values. And, and Nashville seemed perfect to me from afar, close to my mom, close to my brother and sister, uh, in an area that Nashville's fun. And, and, but I had no idea at the time that I was moving to ground zero of a culture war that's going on in America. And, and this is ground zero. This, the transgender issue and the way that Matt Walsh and the Daily Wire have attacked that issue with Matt Walsh did the documentary, the movie, What is a Woman? Uh, he's been doing work uh, to get laws changed to protect children from these puberty blockers and surgeries that are being prescribed for kids before they, they really need any of this or should be subjected to any of this. Matt Walsh and the Daily Wire have made this area of the country ground zero uh, for the transgender battle. I have come here and have been pushing, uh, trying to make Nashville ground zero for harmony and for racial harmony and for uh, an ending to the racial manipulation that has been going on 
in America to blind us to the real crimes that are going on in America. We're sitting around bickering about inconsequential racial things that have no relevant significance, no impact. Oh, did some Karen in Central Park call the police on some black dude who was harassing her and her dog? Let's talk about that. All these little, what they call microaggressions and all these, now, again, I was on Tucker Carlson's yesterday talking about digital blackface. If you post memes featuring black people, are you being racist? These are all distractions from the truth and from a, a, a wickedness that's being unleashed in America that is fundamentally changing America. And so when I made the decision in 2020, I had no idea what Matt Walsh was doing, that he was working on some documentary about the transgender issue. I just knew I wanted to come here and promote racial harmony and, and try to promote uh, an undoing, an unmasking of the racial hoax that's being played on all of America and how the alphabet mafia, the LGBTQ plus silent P movement, were using black people and racial issues to cover up for the real agenda of what they were imposing on young people. And so I'm t when I came in 2020, there wasn't this big controversy about drag queens in libraries and drag queens at schools. And, and, and all of that, or if it was going on, it was going on behind the scenes. But, but there's such an incredible synergy between what the Daily Wire is doing on the transgender issue and what we're trying to do here at Fearless as it relates to the racial issue, because they're working hand in hand. This, this whole uprooting of truth and this whole hostility towards truth. Again, th this transgender issue is a foundational truth, man and woman. That's in Genesis. That's what God created, man and woman. And, and the transgender deal has created, there's 30, it's like Baskin and Robbins ice cream. There's 32 flavors now. There's 32 genders. There's a million genders. We must respect them all, and we must give kids puberty blockers, and we must mutilate their breasts and genitals in order to affirm who their minds says they are. Well, there's just great synergy among what Matt Walsh is doing and in my mind, what I'm doing, what Candace Owens is doing when she attacked the whole George Floyd issue. And so when I see this kind of violence, directed at a Christian school and slaughtering three young children. It, it, it just brings it all home how real and what the stakes are in this battle. And so there, there's a lot of people that can sit here and tell you about the 1950s and 60s and the church bombings that harm little kids in the civil rights movement and, and again, that was a, and, and that's 
I'm going to say this despite Dr. Martin Luther King's uh, doctrinal flaws. He was not sound when it comes to the doctrine, but his movement was religious and it was Christian. It, it got believers to stand on principles of fairness and equality and take real risks to promote change in America. And Christians w became under attack. And now we're looking at a situation in the 20 in 2023 where Christians are coming under attack again on this whole gender issue. We Christians, those of us that believe in biblical values, we're labeled transphobic, homophobic, racist, sellouts. If you hold on to biblical values, you are treated as some of the worst people in America. And now, as we've seen in Nashville, there's real angry, violent hostility towards Christians. Again, I've seen Matt Walsh with the security because he has put his life on the line trying to save kids and trying to promote an America that adheres to some foundational biblical truths. And so last night, this morning, I prayed for Matt Walsh, I prayed for the team at the Daily Wire, but also prayed for us here at Fearless because we're going to be in the exact same crosshairs because we stand with them and we stand on fundamental truths that are connected to this whole transgender fight. And this, the, 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 again, the racial idolatry that I'm fighting against is the beard that covers up the whole alphabet mafia agenda. And so what happened yesterday is personal to me. It helps me explain why God wanted me here in Nashville, because this is ground zero for this culture war. It, it's, it's why I've met and befriended Bryson Gray. And I know not everybody likes Bryson Gray, but that young man is fearless. He stands on that Bible, whether you agree with him or not. He's on the front lines. He's, he's, and so it's all right here in Nashville. And, and so I, 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 last night, this morning, I'm happy that I'm here. I'm, I, I now understand why I'm here, but I also understand the significance and, and the danger that goes along with the fight that we're in. And, and I, 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 I sit here and, and think about the solutions and the problems we have. And, and Ben Watson, the former NFL tight end, yesterday I, I read his tweet about Nashville, and it was vague, and he made some point about... Uh, should the cost of our freedom be the death of our children? And, and, and Ben's a Christian and a believer. He's part of the pro-life movement. But what I've seen from Ben, and I, I will 
reach out this week and try to get Ben to come on the show. I doubt if he will. Ben seems to have a lot of hostility towards me. Uh, but Ben is someone I think that wants to be popular in the culture while also a Christian. And, and so he has, the tweet reads to me like a um, anti-Second Amendment tweet. And, and the, my first response to it was, oh, this guy is suggesting a political solution to a spiritual problem. We, we have a moral decay that is overtaking America. We have a destruction of family issue that is overtaking America. We have an issue of not authentically caring for children, even if we have a family structure, are we legitimately committed to our children or are our children our side hustle while we go out and pursue as much money as humanly possible? Earlier this week or yesterday, <laughs> well, no, yesterday, TJ Moe, I think, made a point about how American values, how much more we value money now than we did just a few years ago, according to Pew Research, and how we don't value religion as much as we did 20, 30, 40 years ago. There's been steep declines in how much we value money and how little we value religious faith. We have a spiritual problem that is leading to chaos and violence and disorder and a lack of respect and a mostly a lack of gratitude. We all see ourselves as tremendous victims. And when, when you see yourself as a victim and you think the world owes you something, you start going about getting what the world owes you by any means necessary. You become angry. And so when I look at this woman that did the shooting and, and I think about how, and again, these are connected, the whole, and even though this woman is white, but it's all connected, the whole messaging to the transgender community is that America hates you and the Christian Judeo values that America has are the reason you're unhappy. If, if, if America, if the culture just saw you as normal, you would be so much happier and your life would be so much better. And, and so I see what Ben is saying is rooted in that, connected to that. In terms of not, we're not, as Christians, we need to be selling a message to Audrey Hale and anybody else who's struggling with their identity. If you saw yourself as an image bearer of God, and not whatever your sexuality or gender or what, if you saw yourself as an image bearer of God, then you would be a step closer towards happiness. Then you would be a step closer towards contentment with how God made you. But if you let the world define who you are and what your primary identity is, if you let the world define that rather than letting God define it, you're gonna have a lot of unhappiness. You're gonna start to build up a lot of anger and that anger and unhappiness can spill out into the kind of tragedy we had here in Nashville yesterday.
And so I see this going on with young people black. I see this going on with young, young people who are gay or transgender or whatever they want to call themselves. They're being fed a steady diet of America owes you something. You're a victim. You should be angry. The world has mistreated you. You're not an image bearer of God. You're black. You're gay. You're lesbian. You're bisexual. You're transgender. You're minor attracted person. And so I'm saying as believers, our message, and I'm saying this respectfully to Ben Watson, our message should always be, you have a spiritual problem that only Jesus Christ can fix. There are not political solutions to spiritual problems. That hole in your heart can only be filled, filled through a relationship and an understanding of God and his order and his designs for you. And so I, I just want to enter that into the record before I then talk around the political issue because he's also, in my view, he's attacking the Second Amendment. And that's what you're going to see in the media over the next few days, weeks, as they try to use this. And, and there's going to be an attack on the Second Amendment. And, and, and I get it. it. It's easy. Well, if no one had guns, we wouldn't have school shootings. And, and are these school shootings worth the price of our freedom? And so as Americans, we have to ask ourselves and as Christians, how valuable is freedom? And, and I think it's highly valuable. I, I think without freedom, you can't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Your soul cannot be saved. And so there are fates that are worse. And, and I know I'm, I'm just, there are, go look in human history. Go look in government history. There are fates worse than our school shootings that, 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 that will be twisted. But there are fates. If you go look in the 1930s and 40s, what Stalin and Hitler did, when government is unopposed by the people, and, and again, I don't think Ben Watson and a lot of people understand the Second Amendment. I used to not understand the Second Amendment. But the reason we have freedom, the reason we have freedom of religion and expression is because America was founded upon the principle that the people would always have the say, not government. The founders wanted us to be very leery of government. They were going to set up a government, but they wanted to make dang sure that the people always had the opportunity to defend themselves from the government because they know the nature of government and it is destructive. And so 
These mass shootings at school are absolutely horrendous. I cried this morning. I cried last night. They are horrible. But a group of people defenseless against a government will be slaughtered and ruined and massacred at levels Americans can't imagine, particularly this spoiled, soft American society we have right now. The gun and the Second Amendment is not just a symbol, but it's the only thing standing between us and a tyrannical government. If not for our Second Amendment rights, trust me, the government would have been at our door forcing us to take Pfizer shots at gunpoint. When you remove the gun from the people and their ability to defend themselves from a government, a government whose nature throughout human history has been tyrannical and abusive and oppressive, Remove the gun and the government is at your door and they are completely in control of your life and they will do horrendous atrocities to the people in the name of progress. So I feel like Ben Watson, as a Christian and believer, has asked the wrong question or has answered it the wrong way. The price of freedom is obedience to God. If we really want to pay that price. And we haven't been paying that price. And that's why we have so much chaos and disorder. And so when I look at the Nashville shooting in any of these school shootings, I say the way to eliminate it is a society and a culture that's more obedient to God. Because when we were more obedient to God than we are right now, there were less school shootings. Guns have been around in America from its inception. This kind of random violence, this kind of mass slaughtering of innocence, that's a new phenomenon that's been brought on, in my opinion, by the constant messaging from atheists that every single one of you is a victim, except for the white man, everybody else, you're a victim, this country's mistreated you, you're owed something, you should be angry, you should go out and demand, you should go out and get in people's face. That's why the Trans Resistance Network, they issued a statement about yesterday's shooting and, and it is chilling, this statement that they put out. They're, they're not, I'll just read the statement. The Trans Resistance Network has been notified the shooter involved in today's church school shooting in Nashville, Tennessee was a person identifying as transgender, known from online profiles as Aiden or Audrey Hill, slash he, him. While it is not our policy to engage publicly with news media, we believe this moment calls for a thoughtful response from our collective. We point out that today's incident in Nashville, Tennessee is not one tragedy, but two. 
The first tragedy today is the loss of life of three children and adults. We extend our deepest sympathies and heartfelt prayers to those families dealing with the loss of loved ones. There is nothing we can offer that will comfort the hurt or ease the sorrow. We mourn with you. The second and more complex tragedy is that Aiden or Audrey Hale, who felt he had no other effective way to be seen than to lash out by taking the life of others and by consequence himself. I want to read that again. Go, I want to read that last part, not, not the whole thing. The, sec, no, no, the second and more complex tragedy is that Aiden or Audrey Hale, who felt he had no other effective way to be seen than to lash out by taking the life of others and by consequence himself. This is the kind of messaging that we're feeding to young people and to all people that all of society needs to see you, that all of society must hear you or you're being oppressed. Life does not owe you that. And again, when you step away from a relationship with God, you detach yourself from that. You spend way too much time worrying about the rest of society and how they see you. And oh my God, did this person or that person say this or that about me? This is called idolatry. And it's why I constantly talk about idolatry. Transgender idolatry. Everybody must see me or I'm a victim. Everybody must hear me and treat me the way that I want to be treated or I'm a victim. Black people have adopted this mentality. If we disagree with someone, oh, you don't see me. It's idolatry. And this idolatry leads to chaos and disorder and dysfunctional behavior. If you're in relationship with God, you know that he sees you. And you know that's all that matters. And so it doesn't matter what someone else thinks. It only matters what he thinks. And as this society has moved away from God. And, and, and I say this particularly to the conservatives that watch this show who have no religious connection. Y'all don't get it either. You can't have America without people being obedient to God. It, it just won't flow. It won't happen. And so you can sit around and think we can do it without God. No, we can't. Look at the results as this country and the studies have shown it moves further and further away from biblical beliefs, from religious values. Look at what we're getting. Look at how crazy things are. Look at all the different identities people have adopted. To define, to define themselves and to partner with. They want to partner with everybody but God. 
and you wonder why our kids are getting slaughtered at school? There's been guns forever. But you detach everybody from God and think, oh, we're going to be fine. I don't need God to be right. It's crazy. It's lunacy. I go, <laughs> if, if you truly have an understanding of America and, and Christian values and principles and why America fought a war to end slavery and, and why America has been the greatest force for good in global history. And that's just a fact. I, Argue with me all you want. America's ground zero, built on slavery. G-T-F-O-H. I don't cuss anymore. I try not to. Anyway, go figure it out. It's, I'm glad I'm here in Nashville. I'm, I'm glad that I'm here uh, on the front lines. Uh, We need more of you here mentally and physically, but particularly mentally. We need you here understanding what the problems are. We have a spiritual crisis in America that is leading to the chaos and the violence that we're seeing and it has to be corrected. There's, there's no political solutions to this. We have a spiritual problem. Do I believe? Do, do I believe? Because again, if, if we were in our right mind spiritually, we wouldn't tolerate our government spending billions and billions of dollars on Ukraine while letting our kids go to schools that aren't properly protected by law enforcement. We got like 100,000 public schools, maybe 30,000 private schools. All of them need four to six to 10 law enforcement officials, making them the safest places in America. But we'd rather spend our money on the Ukraine We'd rather spend our money uh, providing medical care for illegal immigrants that cross our border. We'd rather spend our money on uh, DEI, middle management people at all, from universities to high schools to corporations. We'd rather do all of that, come up with BS jobs for people all across corporate America, rather than take that money and make our schools the safest places on the planet. Anybody that does anything stupid or violent on school grounds, we should be burying them underneath the jail. Put them in gasoline underwear and drop a match. We should have people afraid to jaywalk around the school. 
afraid to cuss in front of a child. School should be just a no-go zone for any criminal activity everywhere. And we could do that. We could create that kind of culture if we had the right mindset and we applied our resources to the right places. We don't do that. We're letting idiot athletes make millions upon millions of dollars and contribute nothing to society. We let movie stars make millions and millions of dollars and contribute nothing to society. We're letting rappers and music artists make millions of dollars and contribute nothing to society. We have a spiritual, we, we have reprobate minds, we have a corruption of our mindset, and that's why we allow and tolerate this nonsense. I'm not going to sit back and let a group of idiots define the, oh, just take the guns away from the people so the government can really get to work to exploiting us and massacring us. That's what they're arguing. So those of you that believe in the Second Amendment, you need to believe in it even more today than you did yesterday. Because you're smart enough to know that what the government will do to us without guns will be even worse. And you're smart enough to know that them two police officers that ran into that school and stopped that killer, those are the real heroes and we need more men like that. I think that's all I want to say for now. We'll bring Delano on next. I'll invite you guys to come join me here April 15th in Nashville. If you want to join the Fearless Army and come visit the front lines of, of this cultural war and stand with us and let people know we're not backing down. We're standing up. Go to fearlessarmyrollcall.com. Delano Squires next. Atheists, the secular world, the culture uses our imperfection, our sins to take, shut up. You, you're, you can't stand on truth. And if all it was was imperfection, it eliminated us from standing on truth, this would be a very quiet place. I'm trying to be as loud as I can and as transparent as I can to try to inspire other men. We know you're imperfect, you know you're imperfect. God's grace and mercy, mercy gives you the right to stand on his truth and to speak that loudly into the culture. We, we have to do that. You can look around and say, these guys have taken over everything. They own the CDC, the NIH, they got the president. Is transgender surgery for children? Colleges today are nothing but leftist indoctrination centers working fully against the Bible. What's the alternative? So you're gonna stop fighting today and you're gonna let the government raise your kids? 
and you're gonna turn around and let him chop off your 12-year-old daughter's breasts and let him sterilize your son and tell him that he's a girl and you're gonna let him make the Bible hate speech, you're the last line of defense here because nobody else is gonna do it and God's gonna walk with you. This is literally worth dying for. Absolutely. I'm telling you, so it's like everybody, that's a nice little metaphor. This is it. If there's a hill to die on, this is it. The Overton window has been moved right in front of our children's bedrooms and there are all types of people that are trying to climb up in the ladder and every good father should be on his post so that when they peek their head up over the, the window sill, you kick the ladder back down, let them know, you, you move on to the other house because we're not playing that around here. Sometimes just standing up, just saying no, we're not going to do that. Not my marriage, not my kids, not my family, not my community, not my church, not my city. Just declaring that, that's victory enough in prepping his disciples, he tells Peter, he's like, listen, Satan desires to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you. We're gonna face some ups and downs in life and we're not gonna always get it together. But if we stay on the path, if we stay chasing after, running after Jesus, running after his way, he's even praying for us. Now, I, I like it when you pray for me, Jason and TJ. I appreciate that, but to have Jesus pray for me, that makes me feel pretty good. When you make it through this sifting process, go back and strengthen your brothers. So we all have a responsibility as men. Once he's delivered me through this, I have a responsibility to go back and bring some other folk out. You do a roll call to just let people know you're not alone, be confident in your positions, and we're gonna inspire you. We're gonna eat, fellowship, listen to some music. It's gonna be the first of many roll calls that we do. So we're looking for soldiers. We're gonna put out our best uh, recruiting pitches for soldiers. All right, welcome back. Uh, as I told you all at the top of the show, I'm gonna struggle today uh, to talk about uh, the events here in Nashville. And so uh, gonna be looking for guys like Delano, <laughs> who's gonna join us next to bail me out. Sarah Gonzalez will also be here. Uh, but I, I, I've got so many different thoughts uh, running through my head and so, living here in Nashville. And so maybe uh, Delano living in Washington, D.C. has clear eyes and a clear perspective and, and just want to get some thoughts from someone that I, I respect a lot, has young children, is homeschooling his children rather than sending them to school. But I, I couldn't think of being a parent if, if there could be anything safer than sending my child to a church campus that has a school for 200 kids, K through sixth grade, and uh, that place being attacked. And so <clears throat> Delano, just as a father, as a Christian, uh, what, what are the thoughts that uh, have run through your mind looking at what happened at Covenant School here in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, Jason. I mean, the, the first thing that went through my mind is just the, the loss of life 
um, and the families that are grieving today, um, that are having to think about, you know, funeral arrangements for loved ones. Uh, that, that's the first thing that, that comes to mind because, I mean, death comes to all of us, but no one expects to have to bury a child. And certainly not a, a, a child is killed um, in the middle of the school day. So, you know, when I first heard about the, the, the shooting um, and, and the number of people who, who were killed, that's the first thing I did. I just thought I just thought about, you know, those families that are grieving today. And I I pray for them. I pray that God will comfort them and give them peace um, because this is an unspeakable tragedy. And as you said, like it, particularly in this in this context and before my wife and I decided to homeschool, we, we looked at a private um, Christian school, it was a classical Christian school. Uh, it was about 20 ma- minutes away from where we were living at the time, but now it's literally five minutes away from our house now. Um, the only reason we didn't go through it is because COVID year, and we weren't gonna pay private school tuition to have our child sit on the, on the internet for eight hours a day. But to your point, I couldn't think of a quote unquote safer environment for our kids to be in. Um, but to know that even those environments are vulnerable, um, particularly to people who have evil intent, um, who are in bondage to sin, uh, is one of those things that, you know, it's just a reminder that tomorrow is promised to, to no man. Um, and that's why it's, a, it's good to take advantage of the moments that we have today. Um, and it's good to, to pray for our, for our families, for our children, for our loved ones, for our teachers, and just for our culture, um, because the culture is sick, um, because the people are sick. Uh, so those those are some of the, the main things that came to mind yesterday. Um, this morning, having seen the body cam footage of the officers who responded, I was just reminded of the heroism of so many police officers who they don't know, you know, what types of things they're going to encounter in a given day, um, and and seeing. That video, and I saw Sarah Gonzalez posted it, uh, it was night and day in terms of their response and the response to Uvalde um, to, to you know, similar types of incidents. So I thank God for those brave men. Um, thank God that the, when you watch the video and you, hear, and you hear the gunshots and you see them run towards the gunshots, uh, that's the type of thing that sort of distinguishes law enforcement, police officers, law enforcement officers from everyday citizens, because they run to what we run from. Uh, and, I, and I'm thankful that that day there were brave men who responded to the call and eventually neutralized the, the threat. So I, I really wanted to run this uh, by you and 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 because I, I don't know what to do with it. And I, I've struggled with it last night. I struggled with it talking about it earlier, uh, but Ben Watson, the NFL, former NFL tight end, uh, he's uh, heavyweight in the pro-life movement. Uh, he espouses a lot of Christian values. Uh, he tweeted out yesterday, should the cost of freedom be the death of our children? And I, I, I wasn't a fan of the tweet, but I didn't respond yesterday because, again, I, I just don't, arguing about politics or any of this just yeah. seems unimportant in, in real time. But just 
the thought that did cross my mind was that as Christians, part of my position is there are no political solutions to spiritual problems. And so I I, want to be consistent and I'm trying to be consistent. Again, there's a million thoughts running through my head, so I'm probably inconsistent. But, But as a believer, I'm always, I hope, trying to point people to God mm-hmm. and, and for all solutions. And, and, and I, I, the essence of that tweet uh, doesn't point there in, in my estimation, in my reading of it. it it's, the st- it's the typical, we got to get rid of guns and that'll solve the problem. And, and I just think we have a spiritual and moral decay in this country that is, is so ingrained that unless we address that, nothing's ever gonna change. And then, and then the other part of me, and I'm about to say a mouthful, but the other, you know, the price of freedom is obedience to God, in my view. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's, that's the price that we're failing to pay and that's why we're dealing with so much chaos. Yeah, I mean, it, I will say this. Seeing that tweet from Ben Watson does strike a little bit different than if I saw it from, you know, a left-leaning, you know, um, pro-abortion athlete, right? Because he's, no one can ever say that he doesn't care about life. I will say this though, when I see Christians tweet stuff like that, I, I wonder if I wonder if, if for a moment they've forgotten their Bibles. Because that tweet reads as if um free it, it reads as if we don't, and I say when I say we, I mean believers, don't understand that sin is endemic to this world, that man is fallen. And apart from Christ, we are completely broken, completely in bondage to sin. And murder is one of those things. It's unfortunate, but you know, when 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 you see you know, the the story of Cain and Abel, that has nothing to do with an AR-15, right? That 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 part of the human heart that is capable of of evil, unspeakable acts of evil, is not restrained to access to particular types of weapons. So I, I just, I think when Christians engage in this type of discourse, uh, and, and, and that's it, and I don't know if he sent follow-up tweets to, to sort of address what I'm saying, it leaves a very um, cloudy picture of sort of biblical truth around the, the depravity of man. Um, because as a believer, I'm not a materialist. I'm not a person that says, oh, if everyone had everything they need in terms of their material comforts, right? If every, if every household made $500,000, then we could, we could eliminate sin, we could eliminate murder, we could eliminate assault and, and rape or robbery or so on and so forth. I don't believe that at all. Um, so I, I get what he's, what he's aiming for. Um, it, obviously, when these things take place, they're very emotional times, and, and people will react as such. And I, and I get, particularly a father, who I think Ben Watson's got like seven children, so 
you know, when, when, when you're a parent and you see these things happen in the school, it strikes you a, a particular way. So I'm, I don't want to be overly critical in that sense. But for me, I, I, like, I prefer to hear Christians bringing truth to bear um, on these issues and leading from the scripture as opposed to a, a specific political talking point. I'll say this. As it relates to that talking point, one of the reasons why people who, who, who send stuff like this don't, I don't really react to it is because they say a bunch of words, but they don't say anything. Um, common sense gun control is a phrase. No one ever says what that means, because right now in the United States, if you want to legally purchase a firearm, you have to be background checked. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a federal background check. Now, every state has different laws. Right. In some states, you know, you, you can walk out of a gun shop with uh, an AR-15 or a shotgun or some other type of rifle, but you still have to go through a background check. So the, the notion that everyone says, well, we, we need more common sense uh, uh, gun laws. We need common sense gun control. But the conversation never goes further than that. Now, what I would respect someone saying is we need to repeal the Second Amendment so that access to firearm ownership is no longer a right, but a privilege that is enjoyed by a subset of the population that the government gets to determine. Now hear me, I didn't say I would agree with that. I would say I would respect that because that is an actual position. And I always respect positions delivered in stark, unambiguous, non-euphemistic language, more so than empty platitudes. And the majority of what we get in the political discourse, whether from journalists at MSNBC and CNN and New York Times, from, from athletes, and even from many politicians, is just common sense gun control. But when you ask them what it is that they want, either they can't articulate it, or the things that they articulate are already in place, or the things that they articulate would not have prevented the, the most recent event that they're responding to. So, so I would much rather prefer people say exactly what they mean. And if the left wants to, to, to repeal the Second Amendment, they should stake their claim and, and, and move forward on that particular political program and let's have that political battle out for all to see in the public square. But the, the types of things that you tend to see when these things happen um, really don't add much to the political discourse. You, you've led me to my, to circling back to something I said earlier about uh, and, and, and the framing of it is like we're sacrificing kids to protect freedom, and 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 I, what what I'm trying to avoid and part of my argument is that. Hey, if we sacrifice the Second Amendment, we could be uh, abetting more and even worse atrocities. Because anybody with an understanding of government and the history of the world is that governments, when left unchallenged, when the people have no way of challenging the government, 
the government is capable of mass murder like you've never seen before. It, it, you don't have to go all that far back. If I mean, maybe it's getting now close to 100 years, but if you just look at Stalin and Hitler in the 1930s and 40s, uh, you know, I just don't know if I want to be left out here uh, at the, you know, where, where government has all the power and all the arms. And, and, and then, so if you don't even want to go back to the 30s and 40s, just go look how the government handled COVID. And if we didn't have guns, everybody would have taken the shot at gunpoint. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, you know, there's just countless examples. And, and I, I made the point, again, I may be speaking out of emotion and not just not clear-headed, but I, I'm just like, man, we're sending a lot of money to Ukraine. And, and I would love to take that money. You know, I said we got 100,000 schools, public schools maybe 30,000 private schools. I'd rather pay for, take the money we're sending to Ukraine and give every one of those schools four armed law enforcement officers that work those schools all day. I'd rather spend the money that way. And because and, uh, that's what we, schools we could, I believe, we could make the most secure places in America through armed uh, patrols and through incredibly harsh punishment. I'd like to hang everybody out in public who does any violence, any type of mad, any, or threatens violence. Just, just bring them, I'll, I'll hang them. L let's do it. Out in and, and let's make schools like, if any, you cross these lines, once you cross that line into a school zone, don't bring any of that nonsense here, you will be killed. Mm. That'll clean up a lot of things. You, you put some armed guards out there and you put that kind of punishment with it. That'll clean up a lot of things at school. But we don't want to go to that step. We'd rather send our money to Ukraine. And it, 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 you know, again, I could be speaking completely out of emotion, but that's where my head is at right now. I mean, I think it's completely fair and reasonable to ask why we allow schools to be such soft targets, right? Because the majority of the people in a in a given school um, are not old enough to legally own a firearm, and so they cannot defend themselves. They they are the most vulnerable people in, in our in our country in our population, right? Little children, and and the adults there. You know, there's some people who say, oh, you should teachers should be able to arm themselves, and certain certainly people will make that argument. But most of the adults there don't don't want to you know, moonlight as, as security guards. So the notion that we can't allocate funds, whether on a federal or state level, to help schools do that is one that I, I reject because schools already spend a ton of money. Anybody who tells you that school, particularly in, in urban districts, are not spending money is is lying to you. A lot of it just goes to, to central administration and, and, and bureaucratic nonsense, right? 16 different DEI coordinators is what they're spending the money on. So I, I'm, I'm with you. But Jason, our, our, our politics is, is broken just the same way our culture is, because here in D.C., the, the, there's been a debate on whether to remove school resource officers from the schools. And the people, the, the legislators that want them there are the ones that represent the uh, majority black, disproportionately low income parts of the city. But it's all of the people who are in 
you know, slightly or, or much more affluent parts of town who don't have to worry about these things that can indulge these, you know, silly talking points around, you know, defunding the police and removing them from the schools. So, you know, as I've said before on the show, Adams, John Adams said that our system of government is for a moral and religious people and it's wholly unfit for any other. The question that we have to ask ourselves is, what type of government do you get for an immoral and irreligious people? Because increasingly that's exactly what we are. So, uh, I mean, I, I'm with you. I think I think schools should be hardened. I think there should be harsher penalties on people who create, who who engage these types of acts. Now, oftentimes these people are are killed before they're taken into custody and stand trial, um, and that itself is 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 just, in, in my opinion. But yeah, I, the, the 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 discourse around these types of incidents re- reveals to me. Um, a worldview that is out of touch with reality. The left presupposes that human beings in their very nature are good. And and it's the environment, it's the systems that corrupt them. And, I, and, and as a believer, again, I presuppose that all of humanity is fallen. Not specific skin colors or ethnicities or people from certain tribes, all of us have a sin nature. And anybody who's ever been around a kid, whether eight months or, or a year and a half or two, you don't have to teach them how to hit, how to bite, how to kick, how to steal, how to lie. All of these things come out of their nature. So the left looks and says, oh, how could this bad thing have happened? And my thing is, no, the response should be assuming bad things will happen. What types of things should we put in place to try to mitigate the things that we can expect to happen at some point? And, 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 and that's why I think schools, churches, and other institutions that house um, you know, vulnerable populations, majority of women or children or elderly, should be the first places that we harden. And that's what we would do if we really cared as much as we say we do. Finally, Dr. Delano, one of the things I've been wrestling with is uh, just Nashville. And it's become this hub and key battleground for the transgender issue and the LGBT issue, primarily because of Matt Walsh and the Daily Wire. And, and Matt Walsh's movie, What is a Woman? And the way Matt Walsh has been aggressive in fighting the transgender issue, uh, all of this, has made uh, uh, Nashville a battleground state. And so there's an NBC reporter, I think, that tweeted out, NBC has ID'd the Nashville school shooter as Audrey Hale, 28, who identifies as transgender and had no previous criminal record. Nashville is home to the Daily Wire, a hub of anti-trans activity by Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro, and Michael Knowles. It, 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 it made me yesterday, you know, and or this morning, I reached out to Matt Walsh, I think privately yesterday or this morning, I can't remember, just tell him we're to continue to pray for him and just, but, but this whole thing being defined as anti-trans and, and, and it's just, 
what I see Matt Walsh, the Daily Wire, I see myself, I see us doing on Fearless, what I see Sarah Gonzalez doing on her show with The Blaze and her, is, is, is a pro-kids, pro-true uh, mental health affirming actions. Uh, and and I, I, don't, I, I don't consider myself anti-trans. I consider myself, let's give people the help that they need. If they're having this deep of a struggle with their identity, let's get them the mental help that they need, not some drugs and surgery that could make the situation much, much worse. But everybody else is defining these guys at the Daily Wire, people like myself and yourself and Sarah, we're, we're all anti-trans. I, I, I completely reject that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the people who say that are trying to engage in, in, in emotional blackmail. Um, I think the coming days and weeks, we will learn more about the shooter um, and, and her motivations. I think one of the police personnel said that, that she had a manifesto of some sort. You know, we'll probably learn whether she was on testosterone or, or any other drugs. So, I mean, there'll be time to, to analyze that. And maybe some of that, that information is out there and I'm just not aware of it. But the response to the shooting, I think, revealed a lot more about where we are as a culture and the so-called cultural elites. Um, because as that tweet pointed out, this person accuses Daily Wire of being anti-trans. And, and to your point, I reject that, right? I'm, I'm not anti-trans because I affirm reality. I'm pro-human because I refer, I, I, I affirm reality. And, and as is often the case with the left, they fight the hardest for language and institutions, right? They want terms and they want territory. So they think that pumping a 10-year-old full of puberty blockers and a, and a, and a 12-year-old full of cross-sex hormones and snipping and clipping uh, a teenager they call that gender affirming care. But if, if we tried to counsel that teenager to accept their body as God created it, they would say we are engaged in, in conversion therapy. And those two, two things are exactly inverted. It's exactly the opposite. We're the people who care about you know, so-called trans people because we understand that a person cannot change their sex. It's determined at conception and it remains unchanged throughout all of natural life. And we understand this in other areas. The left loves to talk about science and nature because if, if you take a stallion and you clip him, he becomes a gelding, not a mare, right? So the, the loss of his testicles does not turn a male horse into a female horse. It's just a male horse without testicles. But for some reason, the left thinks that uh, if, if, if you have uh, genital surgery, and to be honest, a good portion of people who identify trans have not had and probably will not have these types of invasive surgeries because that, that takes, you know, it's much easier to say, declare yourself a thing than to go all the way, so to speak, um, to, through the point of no return. So I, I reject people like this who are engaged in this type of emotional manipulation but it's unfortunate to say, Jason, and I try to be careful with my words and my terms, but it's clear to me that this society and the people who occupy 
um, positions of power and influence, there are a great number of them who are perverts and weirdos. The number of people over the last couple of days who I've seen, and they've talked about Tennessee even before the shooting, um, saying, why is Tennessee trying to ban drag shows for kids? Joy Reese said that yesterday in response to this. So she didn't just talk about drag in general. She she was specific, right? Oh, why are they trying to ban drag for kids? There was a, a you know a correspondent for the Grio, Ebony Williams. She had on some activist guy, you know, he, he probably was in the Pride Brigade, and they're saying, oh, this is uh, hatred against the LGBT community. And I'm asking myself, what type of moral degenerate thinks that a grown man in makeup, caricaturing the the behavior and the, the and the speech, and and a hyper inflated sense of sexuality of women. What type of person thinks that that person has a right to access somebody else's children? All these people need their hard drives checked, Jason. So this is what happens when you make politics your God. You will defend anything your side does. So it doesn't matter what, even if the drag queens are twerking in front of people, somebody like Letitia James, the attorney general in New York City, or Mayor Eric Adams in New York City, or Joy Reid, or Ebony Williams, or or um, there's another person on, I think they write for Vox, Alejandro Caballo, or something, he got me blocked. I, I don't know, I never interacted with the dude. These are all people who will justify anything, and they don't care about our children at all. Because to them, uh, I said this in a, in a long tweet thread the other day, the left has has turned pride from one of the seven deadly sins to one of its four cardinal virtues. So there's nothing that so-called LGBT people could do that they would say is too much. And that's why when people look at uh, Uganda and Kenya and they say, oh my gosh, what are those, what are those backwards African countries doing? How, how dare they restrict human rights? My response is always, we're in America, y'all can't keep drag queens out of the schools. You, you do not have the moral authority to lecture anybody on extremism because we have kids that are exposed to puppy play in the streets of San Francisco. We have an administration that hires a kleptomaniac cross-dresser and, and promotes him as if this guy's the Jackie Robinson of, of, uh, of the nuclear energy industry. And, and we see all of this as normal. So yeah, there, there's a lot of people who run cover for, for the Pride Brigade um, and they are exposing themselves. And by the time, by the time that that choo-choo, we hear that 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 movement of that next part of the, the train, and here come the map people hanging on the end of the caboose. By the time that rolls into the station, you're gonna have even more people saying, Well, how can you be against this? Your 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 granddad was 25 and your and your grandma was 17. You you're for intergenerational love. Why would you restrict that right now? What well, why why are you these people can't help who it is that they love and they, they will make every excuse to try to get us to justify why grown men should be hanging out and doing recruiting trips at elementary schools. And they'll say, well if a kid can consent to changing his sex, why can't he consent to having sex? Right? If he can say tell the doctor here doc cut me up. Why can't he tell the doctor, hey doc, take me out? Why not? 
And these are the people that enjoy the purchase of, of, of prestige and privilege in American society. So yeah, we're, we're in the middle of a culture war. And this is why the right has to build a culture because we can't have a culture war if we have no culture. If we just go along with what they say, but just at five miles per hour slower, we're gonna end up exactly where they end up in 2028. And I want no part of that. So to the extent, if, if believing in, in biology and Genesis and, and the human genome makes you a transphobe and a bigot and a hater, then it is what it is. And I'll stand side by side with anybody on this particular issue who has their feet firmly planted in reality because I am not down with anything or any movement. I don't care how they frame it. I don't care if they wrap it in, dip it in chocolate and say, if you're an authentic black person, you have to go along with this. No, thank you. So if, if I'm a bigot, then let, let's, let's, let's light up the, the, the rainbow crosses and, and let's get to work because I, I'm, I am not going to stand silently while this stuff takes place in, in, in this great country. Thank you, Delano. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jason. Uh, we'll talk to you later in the week. Or you can email us at fearlessblazeshow at gmail.com. Sarah Gonzalez, next. All right, welcome back. Uh, let's roll out to uh, Dallas, Texas. I want to bring in Sarah Gonzalez. She's a mom. She's a host of a show on Blaze TV. She's on the front lines uh, fighting against uh, this whole drag queen deal we got going on in schools and libraries. She's, you know, on the front lines uh, fighting against this whole transgender movement. And so I, I wanted to get, we, we just talked to Delano Squires, a, a, a dad. I wanted to get a mom's opinion and I wanted to get an opinion of someone who has every right uh, to feel uh, not intimidated, but just concerned about her safety because she has publicly been on the front lines of this issue. And so, Sarah, I, I just wanted to know how you're feeling today and, and how you were feeling yesterday and, and just wanted to thank you for the work that you're doing and just wanted to check in on you and how you're doing. I appreciate that, Jason. Uh, thanks so much for having me on. I, you know, I'm gonna try to get through this interview without crying because it's been a very emotional uh, roller coaster for me the last, you know, 24, 48 hours. Um, it, it's frustrating to see this happen because, uh, you know, you have babies who were just slaughtered in their school uh, for for nothing, for no reason. And um, I have been trying to warn people for a very long time that this was coming. You have these people who are mentally ill. And, and you have uh, the medical community who is emboldening them, enabling them, uh, you know, uh, making this worse for them by coddling their mental illness. And as they get increasingly violent, we see no consequences. You know, you see Alex Stein over the weekend who just visited San Francisco and had multiple people assault him, had hot coffee thrown on him. We saw it uh, happening in New Zealand as well. Uh, we see Billboard Chris who frequently gets assaulted by the LGBT community. These are 
not people who just want tolerance. These are not people who just want to be accepted. These are people who want to change the country and they want to change you and make sure that you obey them. And if you don't, they want you to suffer severe consequences. We have seen it creeping up on us time and time again. And so I've tried to warn people, if you do not speak up, if we do not change this culture war, these things are going to happen. And I, it, it just, it kills me inside that these parents are having to bury their babies because of this trans nonsense has gone too far. It's, it's, I'm very frustrated today, Jason, as you can tell. So I was just talking with Delano and, and I was telling him like, hey look, I'm not anti-trans. I don't think Matt Walsh is anti-trans. I don't think Sarah Gonzalez is anti-trans. I think we are pro mental health care mm -hmm. for people who need it. Mm -hmm. And so it, it, it's, it's not about being anti anything. It's like, hey, let's give people the help that they need and let's not tell people who are in mental crisis, hey, you're a victim and that group of Christian believers over there are trying to eradicate you from the planet. That's just not true. Exactly, and this is the only this is the only delusion. This is the only disorder, mental disorder, right? If someone were anorexic, if you had a young girl who was anorexic and she was rail thin, you wouldn't tell her, "You're right, you're fat. Starve yourself more." I mean, this is the only delusion that we as a society have decided to enable rather than treat as treat it for what it is, which is obvious mental illness. And, and I would argue, Jason, that people like you and people like me and people like Matt Walsh actually are more compassionate and care more about these people than the medical community who is only, their only care is about money because they're profiting off of these people. They're making them lifelong patients, right? I care enough about these people to say, look, you can take whatever hormones you want, which are gonna make you more prone to rage, uh, more mentally ill, you know, perhaps other consequences that come from that because you are a guinea pig at this point. You can chop off your body parts that you will never get back. You can do all of these things, but after you have done all of these things, all the studies show that you are still more prone to being depressed, to more mental illness, and to be pushed into suicide. I care about that. I want to stop these people from going into to this lifestyle where they put themselves more prone to not only killing themselves, but doing irreversible damage to their bodies. So it's frustrating to hear people say, I'm anti-trans, when I feel like there's only a handful of us who are looking out for the rest of them. Sarah, I got to ask you a, a very real question. Yesterday, does it scare you being on the front lines of this conversation and attending events and putting yourself in harm's way? Um, yes. So we actually had an event yesterday um, that I had planned to go to. Uh, it was an all-ages drag show, and it was yesterday evening in Fort Worth. I did go um, because it was what I had planned to do, and I was very concerned for my safety. I was happy that there was a strong police presence, um, but I was on a list. I, they did have pictures of me, and you know I was escorted out. Um, but it does concern me. But but Jason. It goes so much further than that because I'm very concerned for my safety. However, 
I don't have anyone else to do this in my place because society, again, conservatives do this too. They're so guilty of sitting on the couch and letting other people fight in this battle, fight the spiritual warfare, fight this culture war, and they, they cheer us on while we do it, but I need help, Jason, I need help, which is why I formed my organization, Defend Our Kids Texas, which we're trying to, uh, you know, we're trying to bring more people into this culture war because they know me. They know who I am, and my safety has been threatened multiple, multiple times, including last night. I get death threats on the regular, um, but I know that there's no one else who is going into this battle with me. And so I would just urge everyone, we have got to stand up and fight back. We need citizens, average citizens, everyday citizens, to go in and start exposing these things, to go in and say, you can't do this to kids. Hell, you shouldn't be doing this to adults. I mean, we need more people speaking out against this because it can't just be me anymore. I, I try to tell people all the time that, uh, look, you can't sit on the sidelines as an adult, particularly if you have kids, because this is the world you're leaving your kids. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's say you're 55 years old and you're like, well, I'll be dead before the real craziness starts. Well, well, first of all, the real craziness has started. But also, what world are we going to leave these young people following in behind us? I don't even have kids. But I don't want to be responsible for leaving this world behind to young people. It just seems selfish and unfair. Sarah, there were people that died for my freedom 160 years ago. Mm -hmm. the, and, and, and they knew they were dying for my freedom. Go read the lyrics to the Battle Hymn of the Republic. They talk about dying so that others may live free. I, I just can't be that kind of selfish. I can't enjoy the life I'm having knowing people died for me to have it and not make some sort of sacrifice or some sort of effort so that the kids following in behind me get to experience what I did. I could not agree more, um, and it's it's a conversation that I often find myself in because as I am urging you know members of the community to stand up and speak out, I often hear excuses like, "Well, I have kids. Well, you know, I ha I have to go to soccer practice. I have and and <laughs> I have to say back to them, I have kids too, which is why I'm fighting back so hard because I will not sit back and stand idly by while the culture war shifts to the left and they take this culture and they turn society into the decaying rot that it is and. I will not stand back and not be able to look my children in the face and tell them I fought as hard as I could to take this society back and make it a better place for them to live in and for them to raise their babies in. I can't I cannot in good conscience, you know, stand back and not be able to say that to them. And so that, Jason, is why I am fighting so hard every day. That's why I'm taking the time. I don't want to go to a drag show on the weekends instead of spending time with my kids. I love being with my family, but I have to take the time to do it because I love my kids so much and that's what I think people really need to understand is that if you do love your kids if you do want them to have a better world I mean what parent doesn't want their children to have a better life than they did that's just that's the the parental everyone's parental view should be I want my kids even if you had a good life I always want my kids to have a better life than I did growing up well you can't do that by sitting back and standing idly by you have to get involved if you have a conscience enough to leave your kids a better place.
Do you think, and uh, final question, I'll let you yeah. go on this. Do you think that these people understand that the way the alphabet mafia, as I call them, is moving the culture, that the culture is now advantaging the gay, bisexual, transgender person, corporate America is installing them in leadership positions everywhere. And so, and particularly if, if, if you're just a straight, heterosexual, Christian person, you're last on the totem pole, and particularly you throw white on top of that, you're really last on the totem pole in terms of corporate promotion. And so, uh, again, if we don't stand up and fight, there's gonna be no real place for the straight heterosexual Christian male or woman, they're all being baited into adopting these extra sexual identities so they can be cool kids and so they can get the high position jobs so they can be in that preferred status. You, you don't need this high SAT score, you don't need this, you don't need that. Do people understand that that's what's being done? I don't think that it was immediately understood. I don't think that they understood it at first, but I think as time has gone on and they have seen, you know, people like Rachel Levine be elevated to assistant secretary of the Department of Health when this is a person who is very mentally unwell, you know, when they when they see all of these leadership roles being taken by someone who checks off identity boxes, um, I think that it has become more clear to the average American. However, the problem now is that people are too scared to be called the names, right? They're too scared to be called transphobic. They're too scared to be, but what if I get called a bigot? Guess what? I got news for you. They're going to call you all of those things anyway. So you might as well speak out while you still can. That, that's the thing, Jason. You and I both know that all of those names that society is scared of being called, they're still planning on calling you that whether you are or not. So you might as well fight as hard as you can to take Take the culture back before it is taken from you forever. Sarah Gonzalez, the host of the news and why you can catch her every day on blazetv.com. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks so much, Jason. All right. Uh, that's it. And that's all for us. Play tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow. Waiting for the countdown, coming off the breakdown, standing in line for freedom. Looking for a breakout, feeling like a off, nothing in life like freedom Came like a fighter, striking like a ladder Making all this moves for freedom I want freedom No negotiation, my sister, no relation We all just wanna have freedom Sitting on the corner, never been alone I'm breaking my back for freedom Bless, we are living, get back We are receiving all the seeds When we all wanna be free we want freedom I just want, I wanna be I just want